following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Media Mash, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Steve Dennis. Welcome one and all to Media Mash on this Wednesday. Man, it just feels so Christmassy. Mm. It just does. It, uh, Jory, do you feel Christmassy? Uh, I don't celebrate holiday, Christmas, but I'm excited for everybody else. <laughs> I feel I, all the holiday spirit. We wore the tacky sweaters today. I should have worn mine down here, but no one else on the show was. So, oh, we got the music. Chill. I just feel I, like I, I singing look, a Christmas carol. You want to join me, Chill? No. I'm dreaming I of a sing. white yes, Christmas. Try it. Try it. Let's see. <laughs> Come on, Clarence. Let's sing. not say we did. I, I looked for my tacky sweater, Clarence. I don't think you. Yeah, you weren't interested. I'm not in tacky. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I don't tacky do the tacky sweaters. sweaters. That's so uncool. It is Jory Epstein from USA Today. We are gathered by beat writers on the beat of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jory is obviously on the beat for USA Today. Rob Phillips with all Cowboys platforms. Uh, you can hear him on. Talking Cowboys. I get, yeah, you're talking Cowboys. Which, of which confused. you are an alum. No, I was on the break. I oh, think. the break. Okay. Yeah, yeah I yeah, was yeah. on the break in 2014. That's why I get them all confused. Uh, my bad. There's you, a lot of them. You've been on Talking Cowboys for quite a there while. Is. Yes. And Nick Eatman's <laughs> been on the break for you. Yeah, listen to Rookie. Yeah, there's a lot of them all day. And this is Clarence E. Hill Jr. from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Uh, I just watched you. You're going to love this. On Twitter, I watched you and Mac Engel have a little conversation about the Cowboys. First time I've... Caught that. Both of you are looking so old these days. Man. Why, why, why you guys sit there? I mean, I knew you why, guys you when you that? were young, for crying out why loud. Got, why you got to do that, though? Max hair's <laughs> getting all gray, and your beard's getting all gray like Santa Claus. I mean, I could I could <laughs> dye it, but I mean, I choose not to. Uh, I could do the Michael Irvin and dye it. <clears throat> all right, let's uh, let's mash up some Cowboys <laughs> topics on this Wednesday. No more singing, I promise. Why you got to do that to Mike? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I heard the coaches uh, Monday, and I thought that uh, all of you uh, in the fabulous DFW media on the Cowboys beat did a spectacular job this week. And I thought that uh, both both McCarthy on Monday and Quinn on Monday, they both reiterated the phrase, quote, we like where we are. Both of them, I think McCarthy may have said it three times. Quinn, I think, said it two times. Um, So I thought that'd be a fun place to start on this Wednesday because things changed over the weekend. And by the way, it was the worst weekend of NFL football in my life. You guys were busy. You were in the big city looking at the tree and all that. Trust me, the games were awful this past weekend. All of them. For everybody in fantasy football championship games, nobody scored any points. <laughs> it was, I mean, because of all the COVID issues and, yeah. and the mindset or something, uh, it was just the lowest intensity week I think I've ever witnessed in the NFL. But uh, wh- where are the Cowboys? They like where they are. So let's have a little discussion about where they are. Uh, and how they got here. Maybe the coaches feel a little better about where they are than many of you fans do, which is odd. But the lead here is right now they sit in the number two seat. They wanted to clinch the division over the weekend. That didn't happen. 
uh, all they need is a win, virtually, to make that happen going forward. But uh, that's fine because uh, with with Tampa just crumbling and Arizona crumbling, they're sitting in the number two speed and that seed, and that's something. That's something. Right, Jory? Yeah, I think it's interesting. One, I'll say, even if you want to be like, look, the Cowboys shouldn't feel good about this win in New York, they're still not clicking as an offense. When you see Arizona lose to Detroit and you see Tampa get shot out in New Orleans, you have to acknowledge there's something to be said for a win, however it comes, even if it's not the ultimate goal. It is relevant, and it is relevant to win three in a row on the road, two of which are against division opponents. Um, But I think it's funny that what you took away from Dan Quinn, at least to some extent, is that we like where we are, because my takeaway from talking to Dan Quinn was he doesn't want this defense to get too high on its laurels, and he specifically told us, I'm up at night thinking, how can we be better, faster, stronger, and even though we're at a good place, I'm not satisfied yet, and we shouldn't be saying we're arrived, which was a little bit in response to Trayvon Diggs telling us on Sunday in response to a question that he thinks they're the best defense. So, I think that particularly the coordinators and really the whole staff are not satisfied, even if they understand the value of some of what they've accomplished. And in truth, how he did it was he would explain to you all, you guys all that, and then say, but I like where we are, (laughs) is what he did a couple of times. Just dangled that at the end of his sentence. He likes where they are in terms of taking the ball away. Yeah. And that's that's one thing he pointed out. How could you not be? They're tied for the league lead with 31. Uh, It's just a night and day improvement there defensively. And yeah, but you're right. Like they don't. They don't want another Denver. You know, they don't want anybody. They want to keep the pedal down. It's a young group of guys. Stay hungry. Uh, So that's the message. But McCarthy's right. They have reason to like where they are. If they just keep winning, uh, look, start with the division. They might have the division sewn up before they kick off on Sunday if they get help from one or two teams before kickoff. They have a chance to, with their conference record being as good as it is, if there's a three-way tie with Green Bay, with Tampa Bay at the end of this thing, they got a chance to clinch the one seed if they just keep winning. So, And, yeah, you're right. There's teams around them that are not playing as well right now. You know, it's funny because I, I, I think that he's playing possum with us, McCarthy. But, yeah, he likes where they are. At, at, I went back and listened to the post-game commentary after when he told the team in the locker room, and he's telling them, we haven't clinched anything yet. We've got to focus on Washington. After the game, to his team, we're going for the number one seed. Let's keep this momentum going. We're going for the number one seed. He's already assumed division title. He's already assumed playoffs. This is what he told his team in the locker room that you guys had on Cowboys.com. You know, we're, it's about the number one seed. Let's just keep climbing to that one seed is the, what he said. That's what his exact words. Yeah. So it was the division, Washington, you know, yeah, we got to do that to get there. But he's already shooting for the number one seed. Well, and, you know, I, we, and, I, I, and, we, and we were all talking about, oh, the Cowboys voted from four to two. That was a big story. McCarthy's like, forget that. We're going for number one. That's true. Realistically, the odds of them clinching are like 99.9.9. Okay, I understand 9. that. I, I know my point is, he told me, yes, we haven't clinched anything yet. Yeah. He did. Our focus is on Washington. He did. He made you re-ask the question. Right. Yeah, he said, do you but, hear what you're saying, Claire? Right. Which Claire, is honest. Claire's panicked. He goes, what? I was going to say, it is actually always a good idea to ask Clarence if he hears what he's saying. You know, the bottom line is, 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 but that's how good they feel about where they are. And as we, as the media, are kicking their butts and, and, and pontificating on them not looking so good and offense not being this, 
they're saying we're in a pretty good place, and we've won, and we know we can get better, and we're shooting for the number one seed. If Green Bay stubs his toe and the Cowboys went out, guess what? They're the number one seed. Yeah, and and we'll get more into uh, kind of where they are in each of our minds, uh, but let's let's stick with the number one or number two seed because those are the two golden roost. I mean, the two's better than three, obviously, because if they make it to the championship game, uh, the two games at AT&T Stadium, and that that's a big deal. One seed, much better, but. Uh, they're both doable after this weekend. I think all of us were thinking, well, Tampa, Tampa's got that number one seed wrapped up. Look at their schedule. And they just get embarrassed. Not just that. They lose Godwin. They lose Fournette. And they've got Evans hobbled. Those are major things that happen to that football and they've team. they've lost Levante David, one of the best linebackers. He's, he's going on injury reserve. I mean, they they got some issues going on right now. And – Everybody think, well, that head, head loss of Tampa, well, it may not mean as much as we thought it was early in the season. And certainly that has everything. You know, it's funny because the best thing the Cowboys have done this year, let's be honest, they lost to the AFC West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> you know, because that's why they're in sitting pretty good because they've dominated the NFC. They've dominated their division. They've stubbed their toe against the AFC West. Those, and that's probably the best thing that's happened to them because that's why they're in the great position as far as the tiebreaker is concerned. They're 9-1 in division. Their three losses. Actually, four West. times. Three. Ti- they beat three. the Chargers. They beat the Chargers. They did. Yeah. Thank you. They're eight, but, eight and one in the conference. Okay, and, and, and Green Bay's eight and two. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. if they, you know, so they got the tiebreaker of a Green because they stubbed their toe against Denver. They had that Denver game. They had that Raiders game that we've been kicking their butts over. Well, if you're going to lose the game, those are the games you should lose. Well, I'm sure you guys have this all broken down. Uh, I don't, but I'll try. Uh, if they tie with Green Bay. They win the tiebreaker, yes. just those two, for, for the number one seed. They need another Tampa loss, don't they? If, be- it's, if it's head-to-head with Tampa, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. It most likely it's going to be a three-way tie if Green Bay stubbed his toe. If right. it's a three-way, I know if it was a tie including Arizona. Well, if every team in the NFC, any type of multiple-team tie, the Cowboys, Cowboys win because they have superior conference record because of the losses in the AFC West and their dominance. In the NFC East. I mean, they've lost nothing in the NFC East. They continue to dominate the NFC East and beat Arizona, which is struggling right now. It's, it's all in the Cowboys' <laughs> it, favor. It's very doable, really. With Now that we only have three games left in front of us, it's somewhat doable. And even when they were 6-1 and one and playing great football and we threw it around, it didn't seem that doable. Yeah. In fairness to Mike, Clarence, he... After, why, why, why do we need to be fair? What are well, you talking about? I'm just about? saying, after the guarantee, he's trying to watch what he says publicly. That I mean, remember, okay, but, he, but he said last week. Okay, but he, he also said, knows that everything he said in the locker room is going on, on Cowboys.com. No, no, too. it's, it's well, Maybe, more, maybe not. I, I don't was going to say, <laughs> actually, no, no, that's, that's what, what I was thinking when you said this, and I didn't watch this week particularly, but they are so specific which part of that locker room speech they put out that the fact that they put out the number one seed is very intentional oh, yeah. to hype up the fan base. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it was, but he said it. He did. But, but again, and whether he worries about what he says publicly, that's not the point. The point is this is what he's really thinking. For sure. All right, let's, these are his inner thoughts to his team. We are going for the number one seed. He's more big picture than he is with us, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, let's sure. talk about style points real quick because speaking of the fan base, uh, these three straight road wins, which is really a big deal in the NFL historically. 
I don't know if Cowboys fans feel that good about these three road wins. 1967 is the last time the Cowboys have ever done it. Is that true? 69. 69, okay, in the 60s, before the merger. And three straight road wins. Typically, that is just remarkable. Why does it not feel like it's that remarkable to many of the fans out there? It's because of style points, isn't it? Yes, of course. But I think also, and we talked about, I asked Amari about this last week because we were talking to him about the offensive struggles, and he goes, Clarence. He lied to you, but go ahead. Go ahead. Clarence is giving me a face. Um, he hasn't even heard what I was going to say yet. That's rude. But um, he was like, oh, we're the number two offense, so we're this and that. And I'm like, do you want us to think that the way you're playing right now is your potential? Because it, it, we know that it's not. He's like, no, 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 this is what we want. And he went back to how Saban used to motivate them during practice, and Clarence is still giving me a disapproving dad I'm, face. I'm listening. But all that's to say, I think it is fair, and I don't think we're saying, like, oh, they lo- there's no value to the win. But if they want to go where they're going to want to go, and we know they have the potential to be better and more rhythmic than they are right now, why should we not expect that from them? And why should we not challenge the reasons why it's not happening? All right, does everybody have, do all three of you have that point of view? What Jory just said? Of course. I mean, the Cowboys have that point of view. When you talk to them, McCarthy talked about it's, it's winning and improving. Yeah. You know, you know, they Dak talked. They know. You know, he talked about. We know. You know, he said after the game, we, we know. You know, what needs to be improved. They, they know. They know they're not playing good offense, which is. And I don't know if if we're going there. If you talked about the bet, but to me, the bet is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. That just tells you how horrible they are on offense. The <laughs> fact that you're betting, you're betting turnovers versus touchdowns. Okay, the fact that it's a legitimate bet the, <laughs> is the fact it tells you how bad you are off. You know how hard it is to get turnovers every They've had with, four in three hard, straight games. It's hard, it's hard, that, it's hard to get four a game. You, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to get two a game. I know. Okay, I know. the fact that it's a legitimate bet and the offense is getting killed while we commend the defense for what they're doing. <laughs> we all a, know that's cynical and they can stop. But it's an indictment that the offense is doing nothing. And to me, if you really want to make a bet, Let's bet that the offensive touchdowns have to come on their own. They can't become because right. of turnovers and short fields generated by the defense. Which is the because only those two, way they because came those, last the, week. And the week before, the, the, most of their touchdowns lately have become courtesy of the defense. So what have to, you done on your own? needs to be at least like a 75-yard drive, 60-yard drive. Yeah, something. do a real okay. drive. Don't yeah. do an 18-yard drive, a 20-yard drive because you had an interception, because you had a you were stopped on – the defense stopped them on downs of the team that was going for and you had a short field. That's fair, yeah. You know, but but the problem is it's not it's it's legitimate, and we're counting those because the offense is it, things are so bad on offense right now. That's why style points matters because to to get where they want to go, they have to be better on offense. And I know, and listen, as, as well as you think this defense is playing and how good you know they were the best defense in the league, or whatever. Else, they're not the '85 Bears. They're not stoning people. It's not going to be ten nothing games in the playoffs when you're playing teams like Tampa and the Rams and Arizona and, and Green Bay. You you're gonna they're gonna give up some points. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a different point of view at you, and see what you guys think. Uh, the the one thing I know is that style po- points don't matter in the postseason. Throw them out the window. They do not matter. All you want to do is win and move on. Nobody's gonna complain about what the offense is doing, the defense, the punter in the playoffs. Style points are out the window. I would make this argument on what we're witnessing right now. You've got a football team, and, I, and, and I'm listening to both coordinators, and I think that both of these coordinators 
have this. I think they've got it handled. And this is just my point of view now after listening to the coordinators have it handled. They've got they've got it. And, Both? and yeah, and then let me explain yeah, why. Yeah, explain to us why Kellen has it. Well, I I, lo- I love what he said when when he was I think it was Hellman that was going after him about the offense struggling and they're they've got the shell over the top and seven back and and aren't they still supposed to beat that? And Kellen Moore's quote was, uh, "Yeah, the defenses are testing our patience." Right. They're testing our patience. Next patience. Uh, and I got to think about that. And and then I, well. Let me go to Quinn real quick to put them together. See, Quinn is talking about, as you mentioned, how they're, they haven't even found their best yet. So don't let's not compare them to what you just did, the 85 Bears, or in his case, the Legion of Boom, boom yeah. Doom, whatever, whichever. Boom. I always called it Doom, and I was always wrong. It was the Boom. But anyway. Thinking uh, 90s wrestling instead. His defense, yeah. Uh, he goes, no, 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 we haven't even found our best yet. So what you have here, and I'll try to do this quick, what, what I think we have here is a, team, a defense that is has got all of its best pieces just starting to play together, and who knows how good they're going to be, and they haven't even found their best yet, which is huge. That is a great plus for this team. Now, offensively, they're having their patience tested. By these defenses, these teams are throwing at them. That's what the postseason is. Teams are going to test you. They're getting a great little warm-up here. We know what their offense can do if, if somebody wants to play man against it. We've seen it. What they're getting here is a very subtle little precursor to what's going to matter in the postseason. And I think it's healthy for them. Even though they know they're not at their best, they're struggling, they're bad in the red zone, they were having trouble on third down conversions, but they're winning as they're slugging through this, and I think it'll benefit them. It's it's healthy as long as they get it fixed, you know, and and offensively. Defensively, it's a great sign because you got to be able to win those grind-out games in the playoffs Points come at a premium, all that stuff. But you mentioned earlier about why maybe fans are a little apprehensive. It's because the opponents they've played recently. Yeah, they won three straight row games. The Giants have been terrible this year. Washington has struggled off and on. Terrible, a lot of injuries. Uh, and then you know New Orleans is challenged offensively. So you get in the playoffs. The other teams we mentioned in the playoff picture, you're going to run into an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady a Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, like that's going to challenge that you you've got to be able to score more points. I think it comes down to you got to they've got to get this fixed because the quality opponent is going to go way Never up. Never pegged you'd be a sunshine pumper, Steve. Well, I there, Pumping sunshine. There's something interesting Daffodils, happening with it, this team to well, me. Well, well, yes, no, they're, they're, they're learning how to win complementary style and what, if what Mike were, wants. If they right. were blowing people out right now and their offense was clicking and they're going the, the three 1,000-yard wide receivers. What happened which, to that? Which we'll get to in the next what segment. What happened to that? Uh, if all <laughs> that was happening, that, in my opinion, would do them less good. No. In the postseason, than what they're doing right now. So I agree that they need to have some adversity right now, and you don't want to get too high, which they admit that they did before the Denver game. And I'm, I was still a little surprised, and we had this conversation in here when Dak was like, "Yeah, I think we did kind of go on thinking we were going to win." That said, you don't want to peak too early, but if you peak too late, you're out. Like, you're home. That doesn't matter. So if you can't get your offense going, it's unlikely that you're going to make such a leap, in my opinion. But are they winning? Yes. 
Yeah, but they're they're win- they've won against three yeah three straight road games against Taysom Hill, then Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen. Taysom Hill, who shut out Tampa Bay nine did, did, to nothing. Did Taysom shut him out? No. Okay, but he scored nine points. That road win Taylor. does look a hell of a lot he better. And he scored more against the Cowboys. Yeah. My point is, he scored is, more points against the Cowboys. The difference in that game was. I, and we asked Tack that I'm like, at some point Tampa you're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna peak in time. Like, points, isn't it time? And he said he told his teammates that like. Yeah, Dax owned all that for sure. And let's let's revisit the they weren't ready to play. No, that's. Denver was right. They they put a blueprint on them, and teams are, are copying that. I don't buy that. And I'm surprised that Dak. No, has, but it, we'll get into that. They, in they're copying. Why that. Why do y'all think that Dak hasn't adjusted better to it yet? Because he, we know that he has such high football. Well, I mean, it's not just Dak though. No, I, I mean, know. you look at CD dropped right. at least three passes the other day. I mean, there are right. plays that be made that they're not making as a team, and you know we point to Dak and his right. numbers, but this, how much better would Dak's numbers have been if his CD doesn't drop three balls? All right, but stop, don't... stop right there, all of you. Stop right there. We're going to segment two. The sunshine. What'd you say? Sunshine. Sunshine pumper. pumper sunshine pumper. Okay, we're, we're done with that. We're going to get to the <laughs> tough topics now. So everything that you're thinking, Jory, and you just brought up, hold it. Because we're getting to all of that negativity next on Media Mesh. Honey, Honest. big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back back, back, to Media Mash. All right, we're back on Media Mash. Jory's here. Rob Phillips is here. Clarence E. Hill Jr.'s here. My name is Steve Dennis. All right, here we go. The tough topics. Number one, I'm just going to throw it out there. Jory gets to go first because she leaned into it. And can I say one thing first? Yeah. Because you brought up negative. Jory gets to go first. Clarence, but can I go first? No, 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 no. (laughs) Not on the topics. You're you're missing the point here. Just just calm Uh, down. Um, Simmer down. Simmer down. Simmer down. Uh, 
It's not about being negative because people are always, you're always negative. I've been not, saying that my whole no, career. P- people always call me negative. I'm not negative. I keep it real. I'm honest. I'm not a sunshine pumper. I mean, it's not about being negative. Your thing was, yeah. heck, come the negative. It's not about being negative. It's about being honest and taking an honest it's view of what about, we're doing. It's about the truth as yeah, you see it. It's and, not negative. It, right. And, and and I happen to be a sunshine pumper right now. The last time I was this was 2014. And 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 they were so close to doing something that year. And they broke your heart uh, again. All right. Uh, topic number one, the disconnect. <laughs> the disconnect, if there is one, between Dak and his three supposed 1,000-yard wide receivers. Uh, how big a deal is this disconnect? Jory's first. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal not because they're incapable of fixing it, but because it has gone on for as long as it has in their tone. I will say I think that we saw a little bit of improvement against the Giants. There were a couple plays, and we asked Kellen about this, when Dak was scrambling outside the pocket and it worked at the Giants that I'm like, this is really key because we saw similar situations at Washington where he just was not able to get out of the pocket or he wasn't able to make the throw. Um, but they need more of that connection. And I think that, as we mentioned, the fact that your two touchdowns came when, what was it? The, I mean, the defense is giving you. It was a fumble. Short, it, was, yeah. it was the interception and then it was a uh, turnover on downs. Yeah. So both of them were like super short fields. And then they had other, they did have some nice drives. I can't remember what it was. Something like a six and a half minute drive, 75 yards, and they just couldn't finish it. So I think. 16 place yeah yeah so if, if you want to win in the playoffs i think you need to be able to finish those drives and i'm not saying you have to finish everyone and Dak has said this he's like a couple of these go a different way we're having a different conversation but you need to be able to show that you can go the length of the field and score and not care what the defense is giving you because we went from we're pick your poison offense to we're going to aggressively take what the defense gives us to the defense is making us be patient and put a gap on it. And if you keep moving in that direction, you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. And you have way too much talent to have those limitations. I think it's it's I agree. It's very important. And especially with the way defenses are playing you like Clarence alluded to it before the break. They are putting a cap on things like Jory just said. And so when that happens, number one, you got to run the football. Did a better job of that last week. It's starting to creep up. They're getting better. Zeke looks healthier. That's encouraging. But then you got to hit on the big plays that are there. And they didn't do that enough in that game. Like like Chill said, Dak's numbers would have been better. He might have hit 300 yards in that game if Gallup doesn't, you know, that throw got lost maybe in the win, that deep throw that they made. CD had a explosive pass play he should have made, dropped it. I don't know if he was trying to one-hand it in that, in that situation. He, he tried to one-hand two that he should have used two hands on, yeah. and he dropped one when he two-handed it. Well, if you yeah. one-hand two, is that like two-handing one? So, <laughs> so you get credit for the reception. Yeah. But, uh, but, that, but, it, but if, they're, if they're going to make you do that, drive the length of the field and play back and zone and all that stuff, when, when you have an opportunity to thread it in there, you got it because you only get a handful of those a game, probably. And by the way, the one to the one to CD. See, stop! Stop! No, stop. this you're is making a, excuses again. No, this you're is making a, it, no, listen excuse. to me. No, I'm not. I'm blaming Dak. I shut know. Up. You better make excuses. Shut up! For CD. Listen. That's my it, point. It, the point is, <laughs> the disconnect was very much alive on that play because CD was wide open and Dak made it a difficult catch. Which one? The one with two hands the, over the middle? The one where he tried to grab it with his left hand out here. No. I thought it was on the money. That no, was on the money. No, it no, was, no, no, it was not way out way there. Way out no. here. No, no, you're he wrong. He should have hit him right in stride. Yeah. Boom, it there does, he goes. It doesn't always happen that way, but he's a number one receiver. He's supposed to, he, he will tell you should have caught that ball. And He did. He, yeah, he owned right. it again he, today. He, he yeah. said it again twice. You know, he, he dropped. He called all of them drops, and they were. Um, but, yes, 
they need to be have a better connection with the passing. Certainly, you can't drop balls. You find a way. You got to find a way to get Amari involved. Maybe some of those slants you throw on the CD. You need to get Amari involved. Who? You, Amari Cooper. Oh, you know, you remember him. Um, <laughs> but the way they're playing, they they, they ran the ball better. But they didn't re- still haven't run it well enough. No, it hadn't been as good as early in the year. You know, yeah. when, when they're playing shells and, and back and preventing the big play, there are, there are plays to be made in the running game right. that you should be able to eat on. I and they're not so. doing that. I, I, I will say that the reinsertion of Connor Williams at left guard seems like a really good Texas situation. is back! I also think that Connor McGovern in his fullback every little bit of everything role is good. And the fact that they were like, oh, Connor McGovern was covered in the end zone, so we threw it to Dalton. Like, if you can get pe- the defense to put all of that attention on Connor McGovern, great. How about that? I, I, I want to yeah. stick on the wide receivers just for a minute here. And, 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 and this, is a, this is what we call a tough topic. Um, I, I, the last five games, Amari Cooper, has, Amari Cooper has had two catches, Five catches, two catches, four catches, two catches. He's only had more than five catches twice all season. CeeDee Lamb has had eight games of more than five catches. And that ain't good enough. I don't want to – speaking of excuses, I don't want to hear any. Um, Now, I – I think Amari Cooper is a fine, elite wide receiver, and I think at some point down the road, because I'm Mr. Sunshine Pumper right now, (laughs) he will answer this – and make plays that matter. But I don't know what's going on with him. What's what's going on with him is he's getting doubled. They're well, bracketing, he, they're bracketing, like he be, hasn't beat a double team before. Okay, okay but my point <laughs> is it's not about that. It is it, about okay, that. Okay, can I finish? Thank you. Uh, he's getting bracketed. He's getting doubled. Oh, so Dak, listen to me. Baby. because So Dak is going to the other guy. <laughs> See, he's in the slot. See, he's not outside. The slot, the, it's the outside guys who are not getting balls. The guy in the slot in the tight end is the one where Dak is going to. The easier throws for Dak. A lot of stuff they were getting that game was crossers with CD and that, underneath it's, the Dalton It's, it's more about I mean, the game yeah. plan. you got to understand the game plan. Game plan for Amari to touch the ball more, okay, Chill. They talked it off his coordinator. I'm not new with it. Okay, we're I'm talking off his coordinator. Amari can run crossing routes. Two. Okay, talk okay. to the offensive coordinator. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, the I'm, man has I'm, disappeared. I, I, I'm okay, telling you, Miss it's Smith. based on the routes they're running Ledger. and how they're using him. <laughs> okay. I don't care. That's an excuse. Okay, and, and that's an excuse. you're the one who said you had faith in the coordinator, so I mean, why do you have faith in what Kellen's doing with Amari? You, want, you really want to hear my answer? Yes. yes. See, now I'm going to go back to being the sunshine pumper. You just accused McCarthy of playing possum. I think they're playing possum right now. Stop it. The defenses nah. are all doing the same thing. They oh know God. how they're going to beat it. They're not going to do it until it matters. If one of these playoff teams tries that on them. Like Arizona. This offense is good enough and talented enough and has the pieces to beat any defense. Agreed. Okay, but, but, but don't you think they need to try to get stuff I, back going against Not these? against Washington, okay. not against the Giants, not against New I mean, Orleans. Well, they Sorry, say they do. When it, well, that would be such an positive. arrogant they way to play. play. They're, 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 they're being patient. You're, you're, you're wrong. They're being pa- Amari Cooper is a good enough receiver to beat a double team. He has not shown us consistently that his career. It's not about beating the double team. It's about where like Dak that. is going with the ball because he sees the double team. He's not throwing it over there. Well, if they play like this in a playoff game and Amari Cooper has two catches, then they should lose. I don't think Kellen is ripping up pages out of the playbook and hiding it in a drawer yeah, right now. Ridiculous. But I, I do think there are certain situations like oh my God. when they run the ball on third down in the red zone and go ahead and kick a field goal. <laughs> 
I think, yeah, I think they played a little safe when they feel like their opponent these last three games can't can, score. Can't t- yeah, seriously. I, th- I think the Cowboys look, let's are just, not trying not to score. And, no, I know, McCarthy but I'm, I'm saying play it a little more conservative because right. your defense that was is playing the end so well. Of the half. Whatever, you're not yeah. going to take a chance. But yeah. those, how many drives did they drive down the field in the red zone? They they couldn't have to kick field goals. Those were not situations where they were playing conservative. No, I'm saying there's just a difference in being situationally conservative and just not trying to right. you Jerry, know, you're, push Jerry, it down the field. Your thoughts on uh, on the disappearing Amari Cooper? Yeah, I think it's strange, and I think, again, like you need to know you can depend on him. I could see him having a big day this weekend because he has traditionally played very well against the NFC East in his time with the Cowboys and very well at home. But you want to know that if you go to Green Bay, you can rely on him. And you need. I know that Dak says he's got the confidence in all of them, and I'm not doubting that, but he should continue. Like, this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and you should continue to show your quarterback why he should have confidence in you. I also think, as it relates to their game planning, I do agree that if they're up by two or three scores, they're not going to be pulling out their best play right now because you want to save that for the playoffs, even though Kellen kind of denied that when we asked him that this week. But I do think there's something to be said of, like, if you get too arrogant with that and you lose, like, this team will be better off if it can get two or three home games in the postseason than just one. See, and, and 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 just piggybacking on that, the the fumble he had at the end of that game. So the idea they're being conservative, they yeah. don't. They're, Dak was trying to make a big play to Amari. Right. He admitted that I'm trying to get the ball to Amari. He didn't see the defensive end coming to the backside when he should have taken a safer throw yeah. that was right in front of him. They didn't so, run it. So three the idea times that they're punt. they're you know playing possum and not trying to. They're trying to get big. They understand. They're frustrated themselves with this offense and not nah, getting the ball. I don't think so. Okay, wow. whatever. And, and why, why, why is he chancing putting the Giants back in the game and fumbling the ball with in, in the fourth yeah, quarter? Because and that's they, not the case. Because they can't score. Wait, I have, <laughs> I have a question when we're done with this score. topic. Uh, okay, real quick. Uh, something crazy. else Kellen said was oh that they're interested in distributing the ball. We had eight guys touch the ball. That's good. When the playoffs start, he will not have that mentality. I guarantee you. They will pick on whatever they need to pick on. Amari may get seven catches in a row if that's working. So that's nonsense. He doesn't care about distribution to eight guys. Otherwise, he'd wonder why Dalton's disappeared for most of the season. And now, all of a sudden, well, let's just go ahead and take advantage of this against the Giants. I I guarantee you, Amari cares about his numbers. We talked before the season. He wants to be known as a guy that – has double-digit touchdowns, leads the league in catches. He knows – he talked last week about, I've been talking to that about getting me the ball. He cares about his numbers, okay? He 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 knows he only had two catches. He cares about his production. And he's got – what's he got? How many touchdowns does he have? Six. Six. They both have six. Yeah, yeah he's 683 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, and to your comment, and I heard you and Mac going on it, so much for the 1,000-yard, 3,000-yard wide receivers. And Amari's the problem because Gallup and Wilson you got to add together, don't you? No. I mean, That's not three. But yeah, the, we, we Gallup missed half the year. With yeah, I understand out. that, but yeah. we, we, you don't, we're, right. you're playing funny numbers. Well, I mean, what I'm they, saying is CD's going to get 1,000. Yes. Uh, Gallup with Wilson, 356 I mean, and but that, are going to be close. Uh, Mario, how many catches does he have? 53. 53. Right. 53. He had 90, 80, 90 the last three years. His it's, catches are way down. And nobody's talking about it. He's an elite, catches expensive are way down. wide receiver. 
I mean, they're not talking about it because they can't fix it right now. Yeah, they're not trying. They're playing punk. <laughs> so I have a random niche question <laughs> that I'm going to throw in. Here it comes. So I know this whole idea of them, like, switching their left tackles between Tynus Psyche and Terrence Steele and – Terrence has less experience, but they like what they've gotten him. There is some idea of Terrence is better run blocking and Ty is better against the pass. But if you do that, aren't you kind of tipping your hand to which you plan to do more that series? And wouldn't you not want to do that? Yeah. And and, I mean, they had drives where they mixed it up and they still went with Nseki. So, yeah. yeah, But but the bigger picture for me is that five weeks ago, Terrence still was playing so well. So well that Leo Collins can't get his job back. Now Terrence still is not pass blocking well enough that we got to alternate it with Ty Naseki. Something's wrong here. Yeah, but that was that side. was that was right tackle, not Stop left. It. No, mm-hmm. that's Stop true. There is a difference. I, I mean, it's, but, but but you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, they've you, been very you kept, confused. You, you kept Leo Collins, who is a better right tackle now. He got the job, okay? And Connor Williams and, wasn't worth a nickel. And he, and now he got he's the a job. Connor, again. he was playing so well that we're not going to give Leo Collins his job back. No, you were punishing Leo. Let's be honest about this. Terrence Steele was never better than Leo Collins at right tackle. No, no. but I, that's right tackle. Okay, like, but my point is this. You should have put Leo Collins back in there from the beginning. Even after that, you went and restarted Leo, uh, Terrence Steele again two weeks later after the Kansas game, remember? Yeah. At right tackle. Why are we doing this? No, I don't disagree with you. That, that's my Why are we doing – why are we playing musical chairs when you don't have to? You're putting yourself in the studio. You, you're talking about this ain't fantasy football. You're talking about continuity. But you purposely put yourself in this situation. Then you held Connor Williams out longer than you should have at left guard. And now we're going to the point where you're alternating Tyron, uh, Terrence Steele and, and Ty Naseki at left tackle. None of this makes sense. It's way different than last year when Mike was saying that's we don't do that. We don't rotate. We don't change a bunch of positions. He, But he did say if the performance, basically if the performance isn't there, we're going to switch it around. And they have not found the right mix that they want yet. Maybe they have now, you know, but Tyron's not in the, in, in and the lineup even, right even if it's left tackle, we've seen Ty Naseki play. Before this year, and 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 the idea that Terrence is still better than him—that's still worrisome here. And that was tough topic number three, by the way, the confusion <laughs> at the offensive line position. Uh, now let's go to topic two uh, and backtrack. Uh, head coach decision making. Who's worried about it at this point in the season? I'm not. I I, I give McCarthy credit for managing this team because he's not—he's not the reason why the offense is struggling. Okay, and. I, He's doing the right thing. He's coaching this team to win. You talk about wins all the day it matters. Three straight road wins. Haven't done this since since uh, uh, '69. We talked about this. We talked about Arizona actually going and losing at D- D- Detroit. So at the end of the day, Mike's primary focus is to win the game. I agree. He's done that, and, you and so I give him credit for winning these games and and and, and making the main thing the main thing while they're trying to fix things. I'll say three things. One, you can't argue with his December record in Green Bay and even last year and this year here, despite the fact that last year was a tough year. Two, I think the fact that they won at New Orleans when he had COVID and was out actually says more about the value he does have to the team than the fact that he's just replaceable because I think it's a reflection of the way that he allowed everybody else to do their job, still staying involved virtually throughout the week. And three, I think as it relates to that timeout just before halftime he explained to us some of the numbers with a threshold he said sometimes we're going to want to play aggressive sometimes conservative you don't want to give the guys the ball back it's not like they were scoring a lot of touchdowns that day especially not ones where they had made it there themselves so I don't think it's that crazy a decision I think that's one of the reasons why 
though I understand coaches don't want to say everything on the record, explaining those things, it's like, okay, maybe there was some logic to it. I mean, give him credit. I mean, I mean, we can nitpick every coach's decision-making in every game. Bill Belichick last week when he set up for the field goal, you know, even the great Bill Belichick, we're going to we're gonna nitpick decision-making whether field goal touch or what you go for. You know, obviously the Baltimore coach has been, you know, he, he's him going for two instead of kicking the extra point and, and going overtime. Certainly the, the Chargers coach, you know, did the same thing. So those are going to be there game in, game out. But you have to give him credit how he's managed this team. Yeah, I, I was not against him on that decision before the half people forget the possession before that Dak got sacked right on third down and lost 12 yards and now you're looking at a 42 yard field goal when it was a chip shot and maybe that was in his mind because a lot of things could have gone wrong there yeah if they tried that they didn't have a timeout left if they took that one uh and if Dak gets sacked there they don't get the field goal or a lot of things could have gone wrong I don't understand while he's why he is getting run nationally over that i think that they're making a huge big deal about it um i think and there's other in-game stuff you can point to this season and be like i don't know about that that's ha- but that's but yeah, but, but that's, that's a lot of coaches coach. that's all i'm saying yeah i know coach. yeah i mean the biggest thing for me he talks about play style all the time when he was in green bay they won the turnover battle every single year and he's the, dan quinn's done an amazing job but they started you saw that last year even when they were struggling like he, that's his imprint i mean they drill the hell out of takeaways and it i mean i think a lot he's an offensive minded coach but i think he, that's part of his philosophy that's working here i too. will say that clarence and i remember dave campo spent a lot of time on takeaways too one every, year every coach does and it, and it didn't work yeah <laughs> i mean it seems like but we went through yeah, but three also, different groups no, no, Buck, Bucky Brooks wrote on our website, he's covered the league forever. He said, I have never in my 25 years when I went out to camp, I've never seen a team work on it as much as this team. Well, I understand that, so. but every coach, I remember Marinelli, get to the ball, run to the ball. We, we, they've done the takeaway drill forever here. Yeah. They couldn't get to the ball, but you also have to have ball guys. Okay, you, and, and so Byron Jones, great cornerback, he can't take nothing away and never took anything away. And all the years he was here in – Diggs may not have a great as, as great of a uh, cornerback coverage grade as as, uh, as Byron Jones. He takes the ball it's away. It's part of his yeah. DNA. Brandon yeah. so Clark couldn't do that. I either. think that's part of it too. Part of it too. But they also have done a better job protecting it too. And I know in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great and everything. So but you know, the bottom line is they're if, doing if, a better if, job. If, in if that Brandon Carr, Brandon and, and Byron Jones were here, they wouldn't have ten interceptions. Is no matter how much they drilled it. But they were getting it last year. <laughs> they were getting it last year, too, even when they didn't have Tra- – Trayvon, what, had three picks last year? Well, I mean, you know. Well, I mean, there when was it time, wasn't Quinn. That was yeah. a time yeah. when that was career highs around here. That's Jeff, Heath led, Jeff Heath led the team a couple of years. <laughs> All right, real, real the quick. Goat. Yeah, the goat. A couple of minutes on this. How comfortable are all three of you, if you're getting more comfortable or not, tell me. Uh, the old warrior – and the young explosive back, the duo, the running back duo. Is it shaping into any kind of form for you? I think they're definitely getting their health back. I think I, we're talking about Zeke and Tony Pollard, right? Uh-huh. You got so comp like a little bit. Um, He's the old warrior to me. Yes. Zeke. Yes. Yeah, I would say so that they're getting their health back. I think that Zeke has really found something good in the knee brace. He's been wearing to give him stability with his knee because that's the thing. It's not about 
healing 100% in December in football. That's not realistic, unfortunately. It's about managing it and trying to understand what you can do and how best to do it. He's figured that out. Tony's got the explosive. We saw some great plays from him last week. And I think the coaching staff is right to manage it a little bit because, yes, that 58-yard touchdown at New Orleans was beautiful. He also tore his plantar fascia on it. So I think you kind of have to balance it. But what we saw with some of the plays where they were pushing the pile and it was like something like a third and one and Zeke got 10 yards when everyone was behind him. I think that they're scheming it better in terms of the way the blocking is working. And I think that we saw both of those guys had some success. I will say though, like the fact that they got nothing going in the second half. And then when I asked Kellen about it, he was like, yeah, they were kind of crashing the ends more again. Who cares? Like that's fine. If that wrecks some of your plays, why is it wrecking all of your plays? Because I believe they had 101 rushing yards in the first half and 24 in the second. So you need to be able to sustain a little bit longer so you don't lose games. The rest of you? Yeah, no. Any comment on the duo developing or not? I don't know if if Tony's numbers or his touches are up from last year or previously in his career, but I think they recognize that they need his dynamic ability in space on the edges and I think especially when they're not clicking in the in the passing game I think he's they recognize they need more of him he needs to be more involved and and you're seeing it when he's been healthy you're seeing more of him and I think that's important I mean again Zeke has been better the last couple of weeks he's still not the Zeke that we saw early in the season but uh I I like to do at the beginning you know, I, I was, you know, I had no problem with how they were sharing carries and splitting the load at, at the beginning. And I think that it, it was something they were looking for for the long haul. And and I think they're going to continue to do that now. And, and, you know, maybe, you know, you may see Tony get some more carries, more touches, certainly in the passing game, you, you, you know, because he is healthier and more explosive for the team. But you need Zeke, his ability to pass block, certainly uh, his strength and power on short yardage situations. Uh, so... They are a running duo. That's how it should be. That's how it's been all season, and that's going to serve them best going forward into the playoffs. All right, we've got the uh, Pro Bowl vote coming up tonight. I may try to make a case for Zeke next on Media Match. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit unitedagandturf.com. 
Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. To Media Mash. Name of the show is Media Mash. We're so glad you're with us. All of you out there across Cowboys Nation, we're coming live to you from the SWBC podcast studio run, directed by, produced by Chris Beam, rookie back on the other side of that there wall. Uh, my name's Steve Dennis. Jory Epstein's here from USA Today. Rob Phillips from Dallas Cowboys Platforms and Clarence E. Hill Jr. Okay, 7 o'clock tonight on the NFL Network, they will announce in uh, a ridiculously slow-moving show, as I remember it, uh, slowly announce uh, the Pro Bowl uh, participants through the vote. Not as slow moving as the college football playoffs. Oh, I know. Well, they, they Four do. hours for yeah. two games? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I'm with you on Sorry, it. go ahead. Um, all right, so here's what I'm thinking, and then you guys go with it however you want to. Micah, Zach, Trayvon are shoe-ins. Your turn. Did you tease Zeke? Or was that off the air? Well, I'm going to discuss that in a minute. I did tease that. Okay. I was going to ask you guys who else could possibly. I expect those four with Zeke. To you, yeah. you do think Zeke will make it. I agree. Wow. Do you? I, I, I think those four are certainly shoe-ins for sure. You think uh, Zeke's a shoe-in? No, those three, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I think that. Math is hard. I think that um, uh, I guess Zeke's a possibility just because of, you know, Limited options. He's tied for second in the conference in rushing yeah. with with Gibson. Because so, nobody does Gibson make it. How many backs make it? Two, three, I think. Three. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I mean, Dalvin I, Cook's making it. You can make a case for Cordero Patterson, even though he's a wide receiver playing running back, but he's had a good year for Atlanta. Uh, and then after that, it's Zeke. It, James Connors come on with numbers late. Yeah, but it, yeah, the voting is probably was done before James right. Conner. Um, it's crazy that his yard, he, he's got the most touchdowns among running backs in the NFC at 14. And then yardage, he is, where is he down here? Uh, eighth. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think that, one, Zeke has been productive particularly early in the season, which these votes skew earlier to the season rather than what you're doing in December. And also there is a degree of popularity contest, and the more you make the Pro Bowl, the easier it is to make it back, if we're being honest. So I think all of that will work to Zeke's favor. But I don't think this is one of those he's just like, so if I, Tyron Smith were to make the Pro Bowl this year, it would be more on his history than his play this year. I, I would say this, that Leonard Fournette got hurt the other night. I think the voting was done. I think he's a guy who probably would make it. Fortnite could make it. But okay. Based on yeah. based, based on and he obviously couldn't play, but I think he's a guy that 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 will probably make it. And Kamara could too, even though he missed four games. He was having a hell of a year before he got hurt. He he could make it, and he's a perennial. So, um, you know, I would make a case for Zeke only because I think his season this year was kind of about what I believe the Pro Bowl should be about. I mean, the man's that been a warrior. 
He he never left the field when he could very easily have missed four games. These other guys are coming and going, not Zeke. He is in there fighting for his team, and there's a lot of value in that on this team because Tony is not Tony is explosive. He's a he's a fine running back, but he's not the complete back Zeke is. This team needs Zeke. He's a bit of a backbone guy. And he never left the field. And I think that's Pro Bowl worthy. Just the warrior nature that's, of 21. Pro Bowl's about production. I think MVP, it's, it's, a team it's, MVP yeah, would be more it's, about it's that. Production Steve, and it's, Steve is wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the guys that are shoe-ins. You know, as we only got a few minutes left. Okay. You know, we we can argue about Zeke. You know, we don't know if I mean if Zeke doesn't make it, it won't be an injustice. Right. That's all I'm saying. I agree with it that. It won't be an injustice. Yeah. Right. You know, right. if he makes it fine, no I thought one's I was gonna be mad about it. Make a fighting case. No, huh. you, know, you, you guys know, both have him making it. Now we, I mean, again, limited options, but again, I think Leonard Fournette makes it over Zeke. Uh, but let's talk about the guys. Michael, rookie, Pro Bowl. You know. Diggs, Pro Bowl. Unbelievable. You know, certainly Zach Martin, the steady guy on the line, another Pro Bowl. Every time he plays a full season, he makes the Pro Bowl. Yeah, with Micah, he'd be the fourth defensive rookie on this franchise ever to do this. Um, and the, then and the, the, and the last one that did it, you know, we hopefully won't be the decline like the last one. Leighton Van Der Esch was the third in 2018. <laughs> but... I think it's even more impressive because he didn't play football last year. This is crazy. It's crazy that he opted out. He worked out on his own in L.A. He comes into the NFL and he just he just dominates. It's crazy. And let's let's extrapolate that because not just Pro Bowl, first team all pro for him and Diggs. You would think so. Yeah. You know, Pro Very Bowl possible. today, end of the season, those two guys are first-team all-pro. Diggs is a shoe-in for first-team all-pro. You would think and so, even yeah. though it seems like such a given that some of these guys are going to make it, we still have to remember that a year ago the Cowboys had zero Pro Bowlers, which is – Pro Bowl is not the number one goal you want, but it is a reflection of the type of talent you have and the way the talent is being used. And then you also – not only did you have n- no Pro Bowlers on either side of the ball, you had this awful defense that was losing games, yeah. and now they're winning games for this team. And, and sadly – and this is sadly – there was a time when we talked about Dak Prescott being MVP. Yeah. And now he's we're not, not going to make the Pro Bowl. Now we're not even talking about being him one of the two or three quarterbacks that, that get picked for the Pro Bowl. No, he just, he just had a stretch where he hasn't played up to his I know. I'm just saying, though, but that's, a, that, that's just a reflection of what's going on. Right. And, and you're and, saying and Murray's that, same and, thing, and, and, by the way. And you're saying that. I think Murray is still going to get that same. And you're saying, but the fact that, you, saying, the fact that you're um, saying that they're playing possum. That'd be tough. And Dak went from MVP to not even on the I don't think Dak's playing pop. I think they're playing pop. <laughs> I don't think there's no way there's no way Dak's looking at his numbers. Yeah, I'm gonna play possum. I'm gonna, you know, put up some average hey, numbers for quick, five straight weeks. Quick comment uh, before we go to your C D question. The thing that amazes me about Micah, and, and it's everything for all of us. But when's the last time a player showed up in Dallas and you can't say a single bad thing about him? Going to week 16. I mean, he's a rookie. You know, usually you'd say, oh, yeah, he's great, this, blah, blah. And then you go, yeah, but there is no but with this guy. He he has not really had anything that gives you pause that doesn't reflect greatness. If there is, I missed it. What's funny is that I have not had anything to complain about, but you have. Because do you remember the Oh, week? yeah, when he played with social media. I'm talking about as, as, as a football player. Uh, Zeke. We Zeke in 2016. We didn't have any questions about Zeke as a football player in 2016. We didn't have any questions about Zach Martin as a football player as a rookie? That's a different 
situation. No, it's bro. not. You I think, said, well, you're talking about how splashy he is, too. Okay, but just, Zach Martin was splashy. He just, you know, did pancake splashy. It's all, was, yeah, it's a hard he, position. He was splashy. Sunshine. Pumpers and pancakes splashy. It might That's be the, the title of the about. show. I mean, yeah, that, I that like play it. on Galladay w- was off the charts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the closing speed. Now, now, not to understand where you need to be, but to get there. That that was a touchdown. They were going to take the lead But there. to understand, too, because when we asked Mike about this play today, he was like, look, I think you need common sense when you play football. If a guy's running unguarded, you got to go after him. And obviously, we all agree with that. But there are just so many times, especially last year, that this defense let guys go off like that. Yeah, it was just – okay, back to your CD question. you got Cup, you've got Godwin, you've got Devontae Adams, you've got Jefferson. You're out of spots. It's yeah. hard. It's How hard. many receivers do you get? I think four. I don't know. Hell, who pays attention to the Pro Bowl? Watch Either the show way. at 7. They'll, they'll tell you. <laughs> but I think it's four, isn't it, Chill? Four wide receivers from the NFC? I think it's three. But and it, then they add somebody or whatever. Maybe it's four. It, yeah. It's you know, yeah, I think it's first team and second team. I guess you get get four. Yeah. Two but you know, they it's gonna be two running backs. What about the punter? Off. Does the punter have any the chance? The punter may make it. I yeah, haven't looked haven't at the, about the punter. rankings. Is he right. first in there? He's way up there. Yeah. yeah. He's had a hell of a year. He he could be a special teamer to make it. Good. Uh what about I mean any any other Possibility. I think Kurse. I think Kurse should get more attention for this. But you don't I, think he'll make. It. I think yeah. it's. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. But the fact that he never comes off the field, and he has been so vital, even if the stats don't always show it, to the biggest turnaround on defense any team has had in the league. Yeah. I think the, I the think problem it's is, is just like, the problem yeah. here is that he came from nowhere, so he had no no name recognition. Yeah, there's not a resume there. I get yeah, it. Yeah, and but, so he'll get his love next year. If he continues this up, because there's no name recognition this year to get Pro Bowl. Yeah. All okay. right. We've only got a few more minutes here. Um, again, I told you what I thought of this weekend watching football. It was a disaster. Uh, I don't. There's a lot of distractions, a lot of things happening across the league. Uh, I commend them for doing what they could. But I will say this: Is anybody else tired of watching Washington play football? We had to watch them last night. We had to watch them last week. Now we got to watch them again Sunday night. That team is tough to watch. We got to watch him again with maybe Garrett Gilbert. Ah, That'd be fun at quarterback. Ah, Heineke or Allen will be back, right? You think they will? Think yeah. One will clear. Protocol. How do you think Gilbert did last night? Pretty damn good for the fact that they said on the broadcast that he was giving his baby a bath <laughs> when they called and said, "Hey, get up here." Yeah. So he goes, "What for? What? What do you? What do you mean, get up here? Uh, just fresh off of the practice squad of New England." Yeah, I think so. I'm happy for him. Yeah, did you get – you guys have relationships with him? Is he a good dude, Garrett? Not close. The problem is it was all during COVID, so we couldn't have a real relationship. Barely seen him in person. Uh, I was rooting for him because of his cowboy time here, I guess. But, man, we got to watch this team again. I'm so done with the Washington football team, and they're not going to make the playoffs now. The Eagles showed you last night that they're just a little notch better with all the injuries that Washington has struggled with. Uh, anyway, wanted to say that. we You guys get to watch them again up close on Sunday. Enjoy that. Also that it's a night game. Like You guys will be dozing in the second quarter. Clarence, Clarence dozes. Does he snore when he dozes? <sighs> 
<laughs> uh, any Christmas thoughts before we say goodbye tonight? Any, anybody have a Christmas thought they'd like to throw out there? Anything? You want me to sing again? I Go, will. Please I, do. No, I won't. Go but, ahead. But I could. Clarence can't any, sing. Any holiday sing. thoughts, Jory? Not Christmas. So, well, a bunch of the players were asked their favorite gifts, and I want to say... Who was it that said he got a bunch of remote-controlled cars and he was really excited when he got the one that you could crash and it still keeps driving? That was Amari. Amari, yeah. yeah. CD said he got a lot of Christmas gifts growing up. His favorite were the cool gray 11s, the Jordans that he got a few years ago, and then Dak gave them to him again this year. That's interesting. The more you know. What was your favorite <laughs> present growing up, Chill? You know, um... I, I just was, want one. I don't want you to say, well, there were so many, and it could have been that, or could have... Name in, one. I was into the racetracks, you know. Oh. You know they used to come down and play with, the, you know, the, the racetracks and, you know, you know, put them together and putting stickers on them and racing your cars. All they, the, you yeah. Do you have the any track? pictures? The loop-de-loops and everything else. Do we have any pictures of baby Clarence playing with the racetracks? I do not. Do That's not. A shame. Somewhere. That's somewhere a shame. in Mama's house. Baby Clarence. That should be a sitcom. What, uh, <laughs> like Baby Sheldon or whatever it's called. <laughs> Rob, you? Favorite favorite gift? Batman stuff, man. Oh, the you're bat- a Batman the, guy? Oh, yeah, the Batmobile, all that Me stuff. Me too. Yeah, hell yeah. You know what my favorite present was? I was 11 years old, and my mom got me a radio. And I earphoned every night, and that's how I became the huge music fan that I am today. I Name... I can name you the top 40 of 1971, 72, 73. I just listened to music, baby. Uh, that's my favorite present. Uh, your your favorite Hanukkah gift over the years? I don't know. That's a good question. One, one I remember, again, I don't know if it was birthday or Hanukkah or what, but I got this like Lisa Frank, which is a super rainbow stationary themed uh, notebook journal situation oh. and like decided I was going to write a book when I was like eight and then wrote this story. It was not very exciting. And, ha- and then I, I had no drama. But I still have the rainbow-colored pages, and there's like probably 12 words per page, but it's like an 100-page story. That's, I cool. That's cool. You dreamed of writing a book when you were eight, and you did it when you were like 24. Roughly. <laughs> it's amazing. Not bad. I always knew I was going to be a – I always wanted to be a big mouth on TV. I, I, I didn't – I wasn't successful at it, but I did it. What about you, Clarence? Was your dream to – you know, I always say that um, sometimes dreams always don't end like you want them to, but they end like they should. You know, I dreamed of, you know, being Tony Dorsett. Ooh. No, you didn't have, and a, didn't have the hamstrings it for it. That's not the point, though. My point is, though, <laughs> that was my dream. I mean, I, I love sports, and I dreamed about being, I don't know what she said. She said, and how did it how's go? It, how's it going? <laughs> well, it ended up that I'm not Tony Dorsett, but I get to work at Texas Stadium Writing about the Cowboys every yeah. Sunday. All right, real so quick. It didn't end up like I wanted to, but it ended up like it should have been. Uh, yeah. You, you be quiet for a minute for for the sake of my dream. For the sake of you two, no, no, because I'm I'm gonna tell him something. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him something about your dream. You guys have to we know have a this. Dream interpreter. It was here. 1999, mm-hmm. and we had a huge Miller Lite flag football game. The broadcasters versus the writers. I was trying to say we should do that again. In training camp. It was a big deal. I was the coach of the broadcasters. He was the coach of the writers. We held news conferences. We really made this a big deal. And this one kept telling us how bad he was going to torch us. He kept, for two weeks, (laughs) we're hearing, I'm going to smoke you, guy. And we're laughing at him. And when that game started, you should have seen this guy in action. He was awesome until his hamstring went. 
and he went face first. Oh, in no. The, but he goes 80 yards for a touchdown, untouched, with ridiculous speed. Kind of Dorsett. And we're though. going, oh, my God. And then he got the ball again. Bam, he goes again. All of us are going, he said he would do it. And look at him. And then we got Babe Loffenberg and Moose on our team, and they ran a little wheel route and beat him. But it was beautiful. Clarence, uh, I'm proud of you. He was awesome. He really was. He was awesome. You going to talk about the two years later in San Antonio when you, you had the little hot shot soccer player from Penn State? I didn't play in that game because no, I had you, a big but, golf but you, tournament but, I had to drive but you, back But home. you pumped him up. Matt Lafferty, who you, worked at our you station. Him he, up did, he, he did some sunshine pumping. He, he, pumped, he, he, he was an All-American at Penn State, and I said, wait to see this kid play, and he underperformed. No, Lafferty I, let us I, down. I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I wave bye-bye. Hey, hey rookie, rookie was there. Rookie, that may not have been completely what true. What did you wave? But, bye-bye. Uh, rookie, like CD. Hey, Rookie was a big bye-bye. player on, on the broadcast team, too. Uh, all right, we got to go. We got to go. I sat Clarence like 10 times that day. There Stop you it. go. Stop there it. you go. Uh, all right, we're going to do it again tomorrow. We've got uh, Mashoda and Nick Eatman. And we may just have a threesome tomorrow for the first time. Uh, this year on Media Mash. So check us out at 4 o'clock. Thank you guys for letting me talk Cowboys with you again. Uh, enjoy the Washington game. You'll be snoring in the second quarter. Chill. Uh, everybody say Merry Christmas and bye. Ready? Merry Christmas, Christmas and, and Happy bye. Hanukkah and goodbye. Bye. That was, you did, You told us to say one thing and then we said another. Yeah, we, Merry Christmas, peace. There, Merry there, Christmas, there. Merry Christmas. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?